0: Section 13. The French Revolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The French Revolution by Hilaire Belloc. Section 13. Chapter 4. Continued. The Phases of the Revolution. Phase 3 from October 1789 to June 1791. It is this which must explain all that followed in the succeeding phase, which lasted from these early days of October 1789 to the last week of June 1791. Throughout that period of 21 months, the king is letting the revolution take its course with the fixed idea of thwarting it at the last by flying from it, and perhaps conquering it by foreign aid. But even this policy is not consecutively followed. The increasing repugnance of the court and of the king himself to the revolutionary development forbids a consecutive and purely hypocritical acceptation of the National Assembly's decrees. Deliberate and calculated intrigue might yet have saved the monarchy and the persons of the royal family. Oddly enough, an ally in the struggle, an excellent intriguer, a savior of the monarchical institutions, and a true defender of the royal persons was at hand. It was the hand in the person at Mirabeau. The man had more and more dominated the assembly. He had been conspicuous from the very first opening days. He had been its very voice in the resistance to the king at Versailles. It was he who had replied to the master of ceremonies on June 23rd, that the commons would not disperse. It was he who had moved that persons of the commons were privileged against arrest. He was of a family noble in station and conspicuous before the people by the wealth and eccentricities of its head, Mirabeau's father. He himself was not unknown even before the revolution broke out for his violence, his amours, his intelligence, and his debts. He was a few years older than the king and the queen. His personality repelled them, Nonetheless, his desire to serve them was sincere, and it was his plan, while retaining the great hold over the National Assembly, which his rhetoric and his use of men furnished to him, to give to the court, and in particular to the Queen, whom he very greatly and almost reverently admired, such secret advice as might save them. This advice, as we shall see in a moment, tended more and more to be advice for civil war but Mirabeau's death at the close of the phase we are now entering on april 2, 1791, and the increasing fears of the king and queen between them prevented any statesmanship at all they prevented even the statesmanship of intrigue and the period became on the side of the revolution a rapid and uncontrolled development of its democratic theory limited by the hesitation of the middle class and on the side of the court an increasing demand for mere physical security and flight coupled with an increasing determination to return and to restore as a popular monarchy the scheme of the past the eighteen months that intervened between the fixing of the assembly and the royal family in paris and the death of mirabeau are remarkable for the following points which must all be considered abreast as it were if we are to understand their combined effects One this was the period in which the constructive work of the national assembly was done and in which the whole face of the nation was changed the advising bodies of lawyers called parliaments were abolished eleven months after the king had come to paris the modern departments were organized in the place of the old provinces the old national and provincial militia was destroyed but as it is very important to remember the old regular army was left untouched a new judicature and new rules of procedure were established a new code sketched out in the place of common law model in a word it was the period during which most of those things which we regard as characteristic of the revolutionary work were either brought to their theoretic conclusion or given at least their main lines two among these constructive acts but so important that it must be regarded separately was the civil constitution of the clergy which will be dealt with at length further in this book. It was the principal work and the principal error of that year and a half. 3. The general spirit of the revolution, more difficult to define than its theory, but easy to appreciate as one follows the development of the movement, increased regularly and enormously in intensity during the period. The power of the king, who was still at the head of the executive, added more and more as an irritant against public opinion and four that public opinion began to express itself in a centralized and national fashion of which the great federation of the fourteenth of july seventeen ninety in paris on the anniversary of the fall of the bastille was the nucleus and also the symbol the federation consisted in delegates from the national guard throughout the country and it was of this capital importance that it introduced into the revolutionary movement a feature of soldiery which made even the regular troops for the most part sympathetic with the enthusiasm of the time Five, these eighteen months were again filled with the movement of the emigration. that movement was of course the departure of many of the more prominent of the privileged orders and of a crowd of humbler nobles as also of a few ecclesiastics from france the king's brothers, one fled at the beginning of the emigration, the younger, the Comte d'Artois, the other, the elder at its close and coincidentally with the flight of the king, must especially be noted in this connection. They formed in company with the more notable of the other emigrants, a regular political body which intrigued continually beyond the frontiers in Germany and Italy against the revolution, and, six, it was therefore during these months that the ultimate origins of the larger european war must be found the armed body of the emigrants under condi formed an organized corps upon the rhine and though there was not yet the semblance of an armed movement in europe beside theirs against the french yet by the emigres as they were called were sown the seeds of the harvest of which was to be the war of 1792 I HAVE SAID THAT DURING THESE MONTHS IN WHICH MOST OF THE CONSTRUCTIVE WORK OF THE REVOLUTION WAS DONE, IN WHICH THE SEEDS OF THE GREAT WAR WERE SOWN, AND IN WHICH THE ABSOLUTE POSITION OF THE CROWN AS THE HEAD OF THE EXECUTIVE WAS INCREASINGLY IRRITATING TO THE PUBLIC OPINION OF THE FRENCH, AND ESPECIALLY OF THE CAPITAL, Mirabeau WAS THE ONE MAN WHO MIGHT HAVE PRESERVED THE CONTINUITY OF NATIONAL INSTITUTIONS BY THE PRESERVATION OF THE MONARCHY. He received money from the court, and in return gave it advice. The advice was the advice of genius, but it was listened to less and less in proportion, as it was more and more practical. Mirabeau also favored the abandonment of Paris by the king, but it would have had the king leave Paris openly and with an armed force, withdraw to a neighboring and loyal center such as Compiègne, and thence depend upon the fortunes of civil war meanwhile the queen was determined upon a very different and much more personal plan into which no conception of statesmanship entered she was determined to save the persons of her children herself and her husband plans of flight were made postponed and repostponed it was already agreed at the court that not Mirabeau's plan should be followed but this plan of mere evasion The army which Boullier commanded upon the frontier was to send small detachments along the great road from Paris to the east. The first of these were to meet the royal fugitives a little beyond Chalons, and to escort their carriage eastward. Each armed detachment in the chain, as the flight proceeded, was to fall in for its defense, until once the town of Varens was reached, the king and queen should be in touch with the main body of the army. What was then intended to follow remains obscure. It is fairly certain that the king did not intend to pass the frontier, but to take refuge at Montmidi. The conflict that would have inevitably broken out could hardly have been confined to a civil war. Foreign armies and the German mercenaries in the French service were presumably to be organized, in case the flight succeeded, for a march upon Paris and the complete restoration of the old state of affairs. Had Mirabeau lived, this rash and unstatesmanlike plan might yet have been avoided. It so happened that he died upon April 2nd of 1791, and soon after we enter the third phase of the revolution, which is that leading directly to the Great War and to the fall of the monarchy. Shortly after Mirabeau's death, a tumult which excessively frightened the royal family prevented the king and queen from leaving the palace and passing easter at st cloud in the suburbs though further postponements of their flight followed the evasion actually took place in the night of the twentieth to twenty-first of june it very nearly succeeded but by a series of small accidents the last of which the famous ride of drouet to intercept the fugitives is among the best known episodes in history. The king and queen and their children were discovered and arrested at Varennes within a few hundred yards of safety, and were brought back to Paris, surrounded by enormous and hostile crowds. With the failure of this attempt at flight in the end of June 1791, ends the third phase of the revolution. The end of section 13. The end of phase 3.